what up guys welcome to faded town the number one pokemon podcast in the world these are facts look them up in a book google google them pokestats that shit limitless whatever you gotta do so you'll find the answers um is your first time watching or um if you didn't realize that we moved this from the soccer scoop channel to its own channel hit the subscribe button down below um like always, it's Friday. We get the best guests, and we might have the the best guest. Um, he is considered the goat by um, a, a handful of people. He's uh, I want to say he's two time regional champion, three time international champion, and he top four worlds. Um, we got toured with us, dude. How's it going? Hey, all good, all good, <laughs> all good. Uh, I kind of just want to jump into it. I think I think your story is very. Something that hasn't been told very often, and um, how how did you even get into this game? Where did it start? All right, so I'm gonna do my whole life story here. <laughs> Sounds uh, good. Um, well, when I was little, right, um, I played the video games like most other kids, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to an event to download the uh, Deoxys. Okay. Uh, you had to physically be present before earlier, uh, so you could download the. Uh, the code and get uh, the oxys. And then I saw people playing TCG. That was uh, my local league, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I know that game. I play that with my mom all the time. So, uh, and I be- also beat her all the time. So I'm probably so good in this game, <laughs> right? I-, I have to go here and beat up these kids. I was like 11, I think, at the time. Yeah. Um, and then I go to league and I come with my team deck with like five trainers, right? And I get my face smashed in all over and over, and I just lose. So I I realized I wasn't good at all, and uh, yeah. But that's where it started. So I just continued going to league every week and uh, discovered that there's nationals, there's regional cities, um, all these tournaments you can play. And then eventually the the end goal is going to Worlds and be the very best, right? Right. That was really cool. I like that, and um, <laughs> I, I, I always enjoy the game, right? So right. Uh, that's that, that's basically where it all started. I just right. continued to play ever since uh, there. So, so eleven. Years like, old. Hmm? So eleven years old. Yeah, yeah. I was eleven when I started going to tournaments. Mm-hmm. I, I think I started to play the game like just casually when I was like six, though. So okay. long before I could read, uh, <laughs> especially especially English. Oh, uh, I can't even read Norwegian yet. So it's a. Uh, all your cards are uh, in English, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, don't, we don't have our own language in Norway, so that's, all, that's all the cards are English. Um, so when you when when did you like how many regional? What did you play like uh, as a junior and senior? Yeah, so I was eleven, right? Yeah. Um, that was uh, senior at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like our own age division uh, was was named senior. It was like something eleven to fourteen or something. Okay. Uh, but it was basically seniors, basically uh, seniors. that now. So, so I did um, I did play in that. So I got to play like from my first year in senior um, and all the way uh, to now uh, up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you find success early? Was was when you were younger in seniors? Uh, well, kinda. Um, at my first nationals, I got top sixteen. It was kind of big deal because. Seniors was like the biggest age division we had back then, and okay. like Norway Nats had like hundred over hundred people in seniors alone. So it was pretty crazy uh, back in the day. We actually had a lot of people playing. Um, we have like nothing compared to that now, of right. course. But uh, at, at the time, it was really cool. So I, I was really hyped after that performance and continued from that. Um, in my division, it was like three four players that were just much better than me. So I always ended up losing to those guys. <laughs> So at tournaments, um, like cities, regionals and stuff, I would always get like fifth place usually because those four would be top four and I would be fifth and be right right behind them every time. Eventually they aged up though. And then I was winning like every tournament. <laughs> You're like, get out of here. Because I, I was a little younger. So I had like one year or two years cool. um, where they were not there. But everything was just uh, on the national level, of course. Yeah. It was nothing outside. That was just in Norway. Yeah. But the, those type of players really push you, right? Like, you you get better by playing yeah, people like that, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, those are also my, like, testing partners, of course. Yeah. Um, we're good friends of mine. 
uh, after years, right? You get you get connected with people, especially with like in such a small community. So yeah. they end up being of my closest friends. So it was all good. That's good. Um, when I when I think about EU right now, um, I know that we're kind of jumping forward, but you guys are pretty dominant when it comes to your testing group, right? Do you what do you? And and your techs are very. Um, I mean, I, sorry, I, I lost you for a second. Can you just repeat that? Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. I, th- I said you guys are you guys have been very dominant, like in the last couple of years um, with your testing group. And, yeah, sure. And I feel like your uh, your de- your decks are very they are meta, but you always have like a little something different. And like when when you go into um, testing for a tournament. What, what's your thought process is do you do you look at the meta decks and go this is cool but I can make it better because that's what that's what I kind of see I, I see that you take something that's already a kind of established and go let's take it to its full potential am I wrong here yeah so the good combos in Pokemon are often pretty obvious um, so a lot of people see them and talk about them but um, I try to find, like, if I see the same thing and I see that people are playing an engine that kind of doesn't make sense, and I try to find another one, for example, and that could be cool. Or they're not playing uh, uh, enough of a certain card or not playing a card at all, then I try to figure out if uh, it's worth playing those cards and why people are not playing them. And oftentimes I find that they're not playing it just because... Uh, they haven't tried it, or they're just like following all the others, right? right. Kind of like some cheap mentality, uh, where you don't really dare to try out something new first, because if it doesn't work, you will just be that that guy with like the dumb idea, right? It yeah. doesn't work. Uh, so I, I guess some of it that some of it just has to be with being you have to be a little brave, right? And trust mm-hmm. yourself sometimes. And be like, oh, okay, this this is testing really well for me, and I don't get why people are not doing this. Why sh- they should be doing this because I'm doing this and I'm having a lot of success with it. So why are not other people doing that? So I, th- I think this thing for yourself sh- should be more accepted. Basically, you shouldn't be shut down every time you have a new idea just because no one else has talked about it. Uh, be- it should be more accept- accepting of um, <laughs> new things, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I think the community, especially with Limitless, because Limitless, like, don't get me wrong, Limitless is a- an amazing um, resource for people, but it almost become for I would say the large majority of of the community, it becomes a crutch where they see that list and that's it. That's the list now. This is how. This is the <laughs> best way to play it. I feel like. You use it more of, oh, that was cool, but I'm going to test that. Uh, that's proven. Like, that's proven to be good, but I'm going to test it a different way and see if I like this one better. And then if if all else fails, like, that list is already there, you know? I mean, my goal is always to make the list you try to copy on Limitless in the first place, right? Correct. That, that, that's just like what I try to make my job. Right. Um, so the list have to come from somewhere. So. Yeah. Like I, Never tits, I try to look at all the cards, think about IDs, draft some decks, all that stuff. Yeah, I like I like that you said that because I felt the same way when, I, I don't know, I think it was like last year I top Ford at uh, Portland with Ar- Archie, Archie Stoyce and um, Sam Chen got ninth. So in my head, <laughs> in my head I was like, if Sam Chen would have made top eight, Everyone uses his list. They don't use my list. But now that I made top, he missed it. I was like, I got the Archie's list, boys. It's so funny. I can see that. So some some people have a lot of reputation, oh, so yeah. people are more likely to copy the, their list, almost regardless if they did the best with it or not, right? Right. I, I mean, I, I do the same. Like, I think I do it more now when when players are just more respected, you know. Like I know he got ninth, and that guy won the tournament. But who does? Who does? <laughs> uh, but he wasn't lucky, and his list looks really cool. For right. 
Um, let, let's kind of let's let's go back. Uh, so you're young. You you find some success in seniors. Um, obviously, at this point, you're getting um, a lot of support from your family on this journey. Yeah, like my family has always been really supportive. Um, especially my my mom uh, was the one that followed me to tournaments and everything. Was also the one that played Pokemon at home with me. Okay. Right. Um, she also plays from time to time, and she even joined events when I was younger because at an event she didn't want to sit around all day, right? She was right. like, if I'm going to be here, I might as well play, right? Because I also enjoy this game. So right. she's playing. Uh, and I had a lot of fun with this as well. So always felt nice having the support that way. That's cool. And, wow. and she knew, still knows the game, right? So at big tournaments now, she still tries to like watch the stream and try to like keep an eye over me uh, that way. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's got to be like when, when you do well, because obviously you've done well very recently a lot. Um, that's probably someone you go to, right? It's like you make top eight, but like, hey, I made it, mom, you know? <laughs> as much, I mean, that's your support system, especially um, when you say she played games with you at home and stuff. Like, you don't really see that a lot, uh, especially from the people I've talked to. You know, I mean, when, when, I, when I was six years old, right? I was oh, playing true. a lot of Pokemon, but I was only playing against my mom. Uh, it was only that's at really home. Cool, actually. So I did play a lot for like five years, but it was still only at home. And uh, then suddenly I was playing at league, right? And I was playing against other people. So so now so you move up to masters. When does um, this testing group with like um, Philip and, and Pedro oh, that's, and all that? How, when does this that, happen? That, that, that's a, that's a long time leave when I get up to masters. That's okay. almost seven years. Really? Okay. So yeah. in those, because like, did that start in the money area, basically? Yeah, that's that that's basically from the money area. Right. Uh, so like from. 2017 and onwards it takes like basically one year into the money area and then we are pretty good friends and okay. uh, start testing a lot um, so before the money era how what what was your success like how many like what because I know the tournaments and stuff are very different out there that there's not yeah. as many um, so it's really hard to gauge like how good you are, yeah, for, you know? for an American, it's kind of weird because you don't have these big regionals you can like put in a rebelt and call right. shift could do it you have these smaller regionals, and then you only have basically nationals and EUIC each year, mm. uh, which was like the old, um, or like I, actually I, was, I said the USA ECC I meant ECC yeah. was the old EUIC, yeah. uh, which was basically the only thing we had um, for CP. Um, they actually made it count as a nationals uh, okay. after a couple of years. Before it was, I think at first it was only like counted as a regional, unfortunately. But after a while, that it, they they counted as like our second nationals we could attend each year, uh, CP wise, which was pretty cool. Um, so in that time period, I had a lot of success still in Norway. I was um, winning uh, nationals back to back to back, and uh, the years I didn't win, I got second. I kept that streak for like six years. Wow, that was pretty cool. Uh, and uh, I won one year. I won four regionals back to back to back to back. That was okay. really nice. See, uh, see the, these are the type of stories like people people wanna they don't know because of there's no limitless, you know. So yeah, I actually actually I did wrote an article for Limitless where I like tried to talk about some okay. of my in the game and some of these are in there and okay. like kind of detail. I'll try to like cover the big stuff. Oh. So you can find that article still in Limitless, I think. Uh, I'll look on Limitless and I'll, I'll link it down below. Because I, I, like, these stories need to be told, I think. Um, our archive and our, our, our um, content creation is so new where really we got the last like four years. And then when I start talking to people, I'm like, hey, how have you done? So I was like, you're a two-time regional champion. But then you're like, I'm not... Between those seven years, I have four four regionals in a row. Killed it, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. So uh, um, in 2012, um, I got uh, top four at the ECC. That was like my first big result internationally. Because um, that that tournament actually had hundreds of people attending, right? Yeah. It was uh, basically the same as an internet that we have now, and I got top four. I was really happy with that. 
And uh, the same year I won Norway Nationals for my first time. I actually never won it in senior. Uh, I was way too nervous. Always, always <laughs> choked when I didn't win it. But then in Masters, after like I got the confidence boost from the ECC, I managed to win it. Stop. And then just continued from there. Uh, two years after, 2014, I got top four at the ECC again. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I still just played the Nationals each year, did well at them, and like good at local regionals in Norway. And we didn't really have much else. I went to Worlds basically every year okay. as well, except 2010 and 2011. But every year from 2012 and onwards, I've been to Worlds every year. Yeah. And uh, I never did too great, actually. My best result was in seniors in 08. I got top 16. And in Masters, I got a couple top 32s, but never broke past that. Okay. So yeah, I, I got a lot of consistent in top 32s, but like no one remembers if a random Norwegian got top 32 right. in exactly. at Worlds, right? Yeah. So uh, I never really managed to make a name for myself before the cash era started, like at least... Uh, I think it was hard, though. Uh, at least on the global level. Yeah. I, I felt I was really good. I had really good results. I was really happy with that. But you can't ask a random American if you knew whose tour it was. Exactly. I think, like, I think that, like by doing this podcast, I've noticed there's, there's a lot of things that go unnoticed um, before this year. Like, we had... I always bring this up where Xander, he was like 15 and he got top four worlds or something. And like, no one even talks about it. I'm like, that should have been like a big story. And yeah, I know. A lot of the top players know about um, yes. things like that because they're like really interested and invested in a lot mm-hmm. of storylines from other players. So. Yeah. I, I, I knew about Xander, for example. I know he's crazy good and right. like really underappreciated for how good. Goody actually is. That's exactly what I like it on is, his episode. That's what I said. Out there, right? so. Yeah, I was like, Xander might be the most underrated. And then people are like, how could you say that? I'm like, well, you say that because you know Xander. But community-wise, people don't know who Xander is. And I was like, that's a problem. When someone's that good, yeah, that, they should know who Xander is. You know? Yeah, it's it's really weird mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Yeah. So we get we get to this the the money era. And is this where you get this testing group that's been super dominant? Yeah, so at the start of the Monero, I managed to get top four again. It was basically my third yeah, time, right, at ECC. But now it now it's named EUIC, and it's worth a lot of money. So uh, now it's pretty cool. I, I get that top four placement, and then I use that founding to basically uh, excuse myself to travel to all the tournaments I could from then on. And it, uh, out the season, so I went to Australia. I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not go to Brazil. I see, but then I went to NIC at the end of the year, mm-hmm. and it was like a couple of regionals. Uh, I think I got like I got top four at one of the regionals. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, and then I got top thirty-two at Australia. Yep, and then it kind of exploded at NIC because I managed to win that one. Right, and from there I got. The biggest confidence boost ever, right? And uh, felt like I've been on tear ever since. Actually, yeah, I agree. I think um, at this point, are you are you working with Philip and 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 them at NAIC here? Uh, I think it kind of started at NAIC there. Because like, um, we were is- testing. I remember us testing um, together, some at least, um, in a hotel room uh, before NAIC. So I knew their list and they knew mine before we went in. Uh, they were pretty similar. Um, we disagreed about like a tech choice. They went in with like Saigard EX, I think. GX? EX? Yeah. I went in with just straight Drampa, like another Drampa. Uh, but it was pretty similar otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I think like that match is one of the most, uh, it's might have been one of the most watched because of the three rallets. That were prized, but um, we're talking about the NIC final. Yeah, yeah, the finals. Oh, that was actually another tournament. But, was it really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> really? He, he did not. He did not prize three rolls against me. Oh, but the final was still one. watched a lot, though. Um, the, the, it has a lot of views. Um, yeah. like in later time. Yes. Um, 
It was like the first NAIC, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. That it was. It was one of the. It was, I, the it was finally actually. opened, and no, there was not an American that won it. So everyone's kind of in an uproar over that. <laughs> but I got. I, don't think I got. I got a lot of hate. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, I got a lot of hate really? because uh, in the top eight, um, I got uh, cheating allegations on me for slow play because uh, I played against Ryan. And he did a knockout on um, my Pokemon. And I took a really long time to promote my oh, I I uh, Pokemon and draw for turn. And uh, I, used, I used like 30 seconds, I think. Uh, it was a really hard situation because I didn't know what to promote. Um, those were like a tiny micro decision with rainbow energy and stuff. So I'm wondering if I wanted to promote my Garbodor Vitor without energy uh, to set up for later. And the Matt like was really important with his um, Canon EX uh, and his uh, Steam Up thing. Yeah. So promoting the wrong one would force another energy or something, if I remember correctly. Um, I wanted to make sure if I would do that or not. But basically, like I used a long <laughs> time for that, and um, time got cold. So Ryan was turn zero, and not me. Uh-huh. So that meant that Ryan would only have one more turn. In the match. Oh, that's wrong. Instead of two more turns. So if I had been turn zero, right? Yeah. And uh, that did give him a disadvantage. But the problem was that I would have won that game anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was basically locked up 90% at least for me to win it. But since that happened, uh, I got 100% to win it. True. <laughs> because when he only got one more turn, I could just go for a play that locked him out of the game. Because when he only got one more turn, he couldn't end and try to come back anymore. Right. Uh, I could just go Lysander, knock out an EX. And then since he had, was on his last turn, we'd have to knock out an EX to even out the score, right? To not just lose instantaneously to the clock. Right. So when he has Lysander and not end, he can't come back anymore. Yeah. Because... He has to even out, but then he can't come back. So I get to keep my hand, and then I just lie under again to win. That's true. Yep, yep. So I can basically lock him completely out of the game since he didn't get his extra turn. Like, if he used his end, I had, like, a crazy amount of outs to win the game. Because I had, like, three balls, three Lele, teammates versus Zikir. And I get to draw, like, three cards or something. So that was really, really high outs for me to... Uh, get out of that. Right. Um, so I'm really sure I would have won the game anyway, <laughs> but I got a, so much hate for that, and yeah. it was really annoying. Yeah. And the funny thing is that I didn't even wear a watch for the match, right? None of us yeah. were a clock, and none of us had a- any idea <laughs> how much time was left. But, yeah, I don't know. People are, are just full of hate when it comes to stuff like that, I think. So it was a really good excuse, though, for people to... Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. Make my win seem kind of cheapish because of that. Yeah, but, uh, but I, I think I think that kind of blew over after a while. Oh, I mean, when you when you but go after that, them... I was after that, I was really um, determined to make another good result, though. Right. Because then, if I had another good result, then it would it would show that it wasn't just luck or time manipulation or whatever, right? All right. So when you when you win NIC, you. That that feels great, you know. Is that mm-hmm. like that's your standout? And then you go into the the next season, and like you're definitely on. I'm sure you were on the radar before, but now you're really on the radar. And you hit up, and this is your big year. Like you go straight into London, and you win that. And then Sydney, you win that. Like it's like <laughs> mind fucking blowing, dude. And like. It was it was really crazy. Uh, I, I think the UIC is the one I'm the most proud of. Okay. Uh, because uh, there I really, really tried hard to make something new and kind of break the format and like test my deck to perfection, basically. So that, that's where I brought Sauropod, right? Correct, yeah. And uh, Sorag was just looked at as... A bad artillery at the time. 
because it was something that drew cards and it was worth two prices. So we'll just get killed by Gaelite and you will lose. And Guardi Gaelite was the most played deck. So I would ever bother playing Sword Arc. Looked bad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I was determined to make the card work. I tried countless different partners for the card. And I ended up with Golisopod as like the best one um, of choice. I also added Puzzle of Time into the deck. Um, and Puzzle of Time didn't see play for a long time because um, it didn't have any um, cards to actually make it work before Sorark. So it was just kind of forgotten about. But then the deck just, everything came together and uh, the archetype and like engine type of deck was used for a whole year and was considerably the best in the format for a whole year. Uh, so I, I definitely think that's my proudest deck achievement. So just making the sword pod, I, I think I will take my greatest pride in that. <laughs> I think the whole thing is is nutty to me. Like to win one is like super hard, and then you win three. Like at at the, at the third one when you're in Australia, you win that. Like what goes through your head? Like like when you actually because because you made a whole day. Right, you get you you get to the finals on Saturday. You're going into the finals the night that Saturday. Like, what's in your head? Like, if I win this third one, like, hmm. honestly, um, so Australia was really really weird for me because I was uh, crazy sick at oh, the tournament. I was having high fever, and um, I had to get Nico to write my deck list for me because I was too sick to write Real it. MVP, yeah. at least. I was just. Laying at the couch with open mouth, breathing. I was like, I shouldn't go, man. This is <laughs> shit. So I went to the doctor and uh, got like some pretty um, um, heavy medication for me. So I could play the tournament. And um, it kind of worked out. Uh, I had a lot of games um, they one I had to struggle for. I like have to win last turn game three of time. Uh, so it was uh, just a really big uphill battle, but I ended up with a really good score. Uh, last round of day one, I asked my opponent to ID, even though we were both in day two, which is something you as a, a good player would never do. Right. I just had no energy to play that last like, dude, game. Please. <laughs> I was crazy. And he, he, was, uh, he didn't even know he was day two already, so he took the ID. Wow, we take this. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, well, yeah, great, great. ID, perfect. <laughs> perfect. That's See you tomorrow, is. man. Right. So that, that was cool. Um, anyway, I think I chose the worst deck possible for the tournament as well. <laughs> Dude, you won. Because like, we, have, we have one kind of sketchy matchup, and that is Bessrock, right? Uh, I think I faced 14 Bessrocks. Wow. It was literally the only deck I faced at the tournament. It was Bessrock after Bessrock after Bessrock. And uh, how? You had now to it. So somehow we just <laughs> got through them. <laughs> we take this. If you always slam the double candy turn two, you probably beat them. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I do really well. And uh, my pawns hadn't seen the deck before, so they were not playing too great either. And was playing into like all the one-off uh, weird uh, item and training cards. Was play like four weird um, tech cards that control the game. So from our opponents. Play like one hammer, one max potion, one parallel city, uh, floatstone or something. So all of these used at the right times could really mess up our opponents' sure. the board stating implant. So um, I managed to get through there, through that. And even after the final, I was standing there like, did that really happen? I'm right. still shit sick. Uh, I don't know where I am even. So it it never really done to me. Ever, I think, that I won that tournament. Because that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> I, I, I was not there mentally at all. So um, it, it never really done to me. So suddenly I was like a three-time champion. Yeah. But the last Very one quickly, never right? happened in my head, right? I was like, I, I got that one, I, I, I guess. <laughs> uh, but oh, That's crazy. Because like, like this success, as in like, obviously you've been playing since you were like six. But the success in these those two years, where you go three internationals, like you turn into from like 
you're toward, you're a good player, to, hey, he might be the best that's ever played this game. And, like, that's got to be, like, crazy to even think. Because then you go back to NAIC and you, you're in the finals again. Like, mm-hmm. if you take that down, like, I don't, <laughs> there's no question. It's not even a three internationals in one year. Like, how, like, did you, going in that year, in that format, did you just have the play? Like, was that, was that, do you, do you take it as that format that year? You just, you could read the format very well? Or was every tournament just a separate journey and you, you prep well enough to, to make it to the finals on all those tournaments? I actually think every tournament was a separate journey because they all felt really different. Yeah. And as um, I said, Australia was really weird for me because I was not supposed to win that one. Um, we, we did have a new deck that we had tested some. Um, and in the aftermath, I think the list had the perfect 60 to make that archetype work as good as it did. Um, but... Definitely felt, I don't know, it feel, didn't feel like I should have won that one right. uh, at all. But I, I somehow did. And uh, of course, it's it's crazy to me. Still still feels unreal. Right. Uh, but then back at the NAIC again, when I got to the finals, that felt much more deserved, I felt. Because yeah. then I was, again, bringing something new that tested like crazy and knew what the expected metagame was and... Uh, Everything just felt very fair, and I knew like almost every matchup was really favored. No one had no idea what I was doing with my deck, and uh, everything was great. <laughs> that, that, that's the best feeling, right? When you go into a tournament, you play a card, and someone has to read it. You're like, wait, what? Is oh yeah, that's all, that's all. That's really fun. It's the best, especially when you know you've tested it so much, and you know it's good. Like, I know this is good. This guy isn't reading it because yeah. I'm playing bad cards. He's reading it. He doesn't know what it is, yeah. and I know it's good. I'm, I'm not sitting here memeing. This is just <laughs> right. you deck I made that my opponent actually don't know about yet, which is really great. Right. Um, how much of this... Because, I, I, I mean, I've had I've had Nico on here. I've had Pedro on here. And mm-hmm. uh, they, obviously they talk about you in, in, in high highs and... Uh, Oh, that you're, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of this a lot of this deck theoring they 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 put on you. Is is that is that right? Is do you come with them with a deck and go, This is my idea, guys, let's let's try to figure this out that you've been working on and then obviously they're gonna give their input, right? Yeah, I guess a lot of the decks have been um uh, me doing most of the fine-tuning, at least. Um, I remember uh, the Lonzo deck for NIC. That was originally Philip's idea. Okay. Um, to, like, start testing that. So I'll, I'll credit, like, the start of that, at least, to him. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. The sword pull was at least mine. I'll, I'll, I'll take, <laughs> take all the credit for that. <laughs> Everyone's giving you all the credit for everything. That's what I'm saying. But I feel like... You guys, as and like a lot of people want to say, it's like the Limitless Texas te- testing group, but like you're sponsored by someone else. But it's like we're still gonna call you that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean that's fair. Most of the people in testing group is from Limitless, right. so. Uh... Um, when that that testing group is full of killers, and like when when you talk to them and they're like. Yeah, but Tord really leads us, you know. He gives us the gives us that direction. I mean, we we put our inputs, but like he gives us the the path to victory. Like that's gotta feel real great, you know. I, it's kind of weird. I never really, really thought about myself as the one that would lead people like that, but I don't know. It sort of yeah. sort of, kind of sort of happens. Yeah, because like when when I, I, oh god, so took that took that role somehow. Yeah, when I talk to. Uh, Pedro about what NAIC last year I want to say, um, yeah. he he talked about you guys had this whole concept on the Drachi Drachi mime combo, yeah. and, <laughs> and uh, also like he told me after like a week after about it or something like that, and I started playing it at cups like that shit was so busted. I was like this thing is disgusting, like Stinger Baba, 
Drachi. I was like, God, I wish you guys played it, but he's like, Nah, dude, I convinced him. I was like, Zapdos is too good. We can't, we can't not play Muck. <laughs> God, but could you imagine? Yeah. Could you? Didn't you? How, how did that tournament? I don't even remember who won that tournament. Uh, the, the same the same concept won the tournament actually. Uh, like Stinger Sorak, uh, Shakemate Top. Uh, oh, it did. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah Stefano won that one. Yeah. We played the same. I, I I tied my winning in. It was kind of unfortunate. Okay. Um, but like my list wasn't optimal. In thinking about it later, um, I think um, the list really missed one Giovanni. Like to cl- clean up the bench because. That was like one of my main problems in a lot of matches, and it was in the list originally, but somehow it got cut before like the final um, uh, day of the yeah. tournament. So um, ended up not playing it, and uh, I was just losing a lot of games to poor board states. Yeah. Kind of, kind of awkward, but yeah. If you look was, at, if you look at, right. yeah, if you look at last year, like obviously, like the two years before, like you can't. You can't compare like last or in 2017 might have been the greatest like year ever. So you're coming off this huge high high, and then you have a I mean for a, a normal player you had a good year, but for you it's very <laughs> I want to say lackluster. Um, did you? But then you go to Worlds and get top four. Like how how does that work? Like you you don't you don't perform. Like you normally the do. The thing was, I was barely playing any events at that year. So okay. I was um, uh, trying to focus on school. Okay. So I wasn't really doing much of Pokemon. But somehow, I barely scraped into top 22. Because like when the summer vacation kicked around, I could start playing again, right? Yeah. And I had to do really well at all the remaining events. And I did. And I managed to scrape by, by 21st place. So I got my top 22. Oh, and got into day two, and uh, then suddenly I went into top four. It was just completely crazy all of it. it was uh, I was like summer vacation? Let's go! Let's play! Let's get <laughs> in there! And it happened, and uh, managed to roll into top four. So. That's cool. So that was that was cool. that was a lot of fun. Is that is that top four? Does that mean more than everything for you? It does mean a lot to me. Um, I do still feel that like the IC wins um, are kind of worth more, at least like when I won the first one, I won an yeah. uh, like, I guess I guess my top four worlds is at least worth more to me than like my third IC win, <laughs> or maybe even the second one as well, because worlds, worlds is kind of its own thing. It has a lot of prestige, and right. um, uh, it, it, after you get into day two, it's basically just a stacked cup. And a lot of things can happen. So, personally, I don't give the tournament that much credit anymore. Okay. Uh, but of course, it it's fun and it's a world championship, so it has a lot of hype right. around it. But uh, I still treasure like the difficulty in winning ICs a lot because uh, okay. I think I think those are basically just as hard, if not even harder, than worlds. Um, of course, you face another caliber of player most rounds, but a lot more rounds you have to right. win, and uh, that does count a lot, right? So yeah. well, you still that... play Pokemon. There's a lot of variance, so the more rounds you have to get through, the harder it is, basically. Yeah, that, that's that's a, that's my big subject on here is yet yeah, weighing like what's harder. Is it harder going to NAIC where you're playing one of the biggest tournaments ever? Or, mm-hmm. or going to OCIC where you have 300 and you're, you're like when, when I had Nico on, he told me his first five opponents. I'm like, if that's your first five opponents at any regional, you're having a really bad day. Like, yeah, exactly. It's right. very so, unlucky. That, like, that could be his vaults run, right? Yeah. That could be his first five opponents at vaults, um, basically. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's really subjective what tournament you think is the hardest one anyway. Uh, I think doing well at any of these big tournaments is a big achievement no matter what. So, right. uh, if it's better to have won that or that or whatever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, I like it. It's all right. Um, but w- winning worlds is, of course, something special. I'll, I'll still try to strive for that, of course. Right. But 
So uh, I'm still I'm still more than happy with everything I accomplished in this game for sure. That, that, Doing that, any tournament, you need a bit of luck, no matter how hard you prepare. So I'm just happy that I could prepare really hard and get the little bit of extra luck I needed to pull through at the tournaments as well. Yeah. So Let, let's talk about that. What what goes into your preparation? Is it do you grind every day? Are you are you grinding consistently? At least playing every day, and then when you find when you get, do you do like a boot camp right before a big event? I mean, it depends a lot. Depends what you have the time for, and also like what event it is. So, for UIC, for example, the one I'm so extremely proud of, you know, yes, uh, yes, yes. when I prepped with uh, Sauropod, I was basically grinding every day because I felt the deck was really hard to play. You had to like do two, three trades every turn, and every card you discarded could cost you the game if done incorrectly. And then you had the puzzles. If you brought back the wrong card, you could lose the game. And then you could basically play N, uh, Guzma, or Acerola every turn. And if you play the wrong one, you often lost the game as well, right? <laughs> so you had, you had a lot of options, basically, is what I'm saying. And I wanted to play it basically optimal uh, when bringing it. So I was grinding that deck for a long time. Um, but like just in general, I think um, if you want to do well at an event, just pick a deck as early as possible and then play with it a lot so you know all the matchups. At, and at that point, when the events come around, even if people are saying, oh, no, everyone's going to play that or this or whatever, you're going to face a lot of different stuff. So the most important thing is that you just know your deck well enough and you're confident with it. That will help you a lot more than picking oh, uh, the original. I was lagging a little, right? Yeah, just a little. Yeah, that, will help, that will help you a lot more than picking what is considered to be optimal for the original because it's right. probably not optimal for you, right? So sometimes you can just go with whatever is your comfort pick. You can go with that. I know this deck. I played it a lot. So I will play it again, right? Right. Didn't get any worse the last two weeks. We'll play yeah. it again. I think that's a lot. I think a lot, a, a lot of people say that, and they're like, "You just, it's better to know your deck than than oh. to try to guess what everyone else is going to play." You also have to recognize your skill level, right? Yes. Because ninety-nine percent of players shouldn't be switching decks every week. Because they they are not at that level, right? Correct. If I can say that not even I feel at that level sometimes, then you should just stick with whatever you know, right? Correct. And uh, I think that will benefit you a lot in the end. So there's so many stories about people that just have a pet deck mm-hmm. and they keep their pet deck for like a year. And then one event, bam, that was the correct play. That was when it was really good and they will just go through the tournament basically because they still play the same deck they know their deck really well and the format is correct for it and then they will do really well even though they didn't do well at the other ones because they they still like their deck and they felt was kind of lucky on the other uh tournaments still have faith in the deck and yeah Yeah. maybe modify it a little bit for next tournament yeah, I think that comes up a lot where you look at someone's level list and it's just peek around one year and then the next it's like <laughs> something else. And it's like, if everyone just took that mentality, like it's so, and it, like the data is just there. Like it's on limitless. You can look at these top players, like look at your run last year. It was drop a garb, obviously at the beginning because that deck was super busted. Then you went Zark. I mean, you had one. Buzzrock, but you just went Zark, and then mm-hmm. now you're you're on like a Mew three kick, and then you decided Zacian was good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I I think the 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 more like people are gonna listen to this and like uh, you say a lot of stuff that other people say, but I think your your words just have more weight to them. Does does something like that ever get to you? Where, like, do you realize that um, in this community that you are being held higher? Like, I can say the same thing, and it's not. It's if you say it, it's like, oh, f- fucking Tord, he did it. 
Yeah? Why didn't you play like Torrid? I was like, dude, I told, I've been telling you that. Well, t- well, Torrid told me, you know? Does that get to you, ever? I mean, I guess it's... I guess it's nice to have um, your own opinions uh, valued a lot by others, so they will listen to you. Um, I guess that's something you get from consistent success, because... And he, he, he's obviously doing something correct, so yes. he knows what they're talking about. Um, I, don't know. I, I guess it's a nice feeling to just yeah. feel validated. Yeah. I, I'll say that. Right. It does feel good. What, uh, so out, let's go. Let's let's jump outside of this game because I think we've talk, talked a lot. Uh, you've you've been very successful. You're having a great year this year. You you plan on? Oh, obviously it's really rough right now because of this virus thing going on. Um, oh, yeah. But you're, do you have, oh, it's hard to even ask, do you have plans to go to any big events like NAIC and stuff if, if they're being held? Yeah, I mean, my plan was to go to everything uh, I could possibly go to, um, w- which is reasonable, though. I still don't think attending like um, Canada and NI regionals is reasonable for me as an European. So, like, what was reasonable was doing all the ICs and all the European regionals and maybe, like, one special event because those are also, like, kind of expensive and pretty much always in a bad location, at least for us in Europe. Right. Uh, that, that, was, that was the plan. Now I will bet that uh, most events will be cancelled uh, for the coming months. Um Still really unsure if we'll get will get cancelled or not. Of course I hope it will not, but if it's still bad around those times, they definitely should. And I hope it will be if it's still bad around right. those times. So, like how how do you what's your what's your like, kind of opinion on that? Is there Like right now I don't think anyone should go to any tournaments okay. at all. It's just not worth it. And I think uh, everyone going to Toronto these originals and then see it gets cancelled was I don't know. It was kind of kind of justified. I I think <laughs> I, I just don't think it was a good idea in the first place. So I'm really happy to see it gets canceled, and I hope I hope everything just gets canceled. But I hope it gets announced. People don't continue going places right. and see it gets canceled the day before. Um, um, just there's no point in like taking the risk right now. Right. If uh... like it, it's a reason so many countries are shut down. It's just. Not it's not because it's fun, right? Exactly. This is affecting the whole globe massively, so it should be taken serious by everyone. I agree. Um, uh, I just and the whole podcast, podcast right? everyone takes it serious, right? So, right. Um, do you, if they do, bring it back? Like, say everything hypothetically, everything clears up, um, which probably I don't know. Let's just hypothetically. We hope we will, of course, but it will probably take some time. That's what I'm saying. If if there's like everything's knocked out, but worlds, do you think they? Do you think there's any changes to worlds where they lower the CP or anything like that? Do you think that those things would happen? Uh, I'm not sure about that. It, yeah. It's kind of weird. No matter how they'll try to fix it, though. Yeah. Um, like right now, I just could picture it everything being cancelled and I wouldn't have to deal with that problem in the first place. Yeah, yeah. They just cancel the event, right? Yeah. Don't have to lower the CP bar or anything. Yeah. But it's one of the things that I could see them do, but I'm not sure if they will. Um, I know I know a lot of people are really hoping for it, but they are hoping this thing will blow over in like a couple of weeks or a month oh, or two. On right? Twitter it's like Oh, we'd be good in a couple of weeks. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what do you know that we don't know? Like, this could go. I mean, on. I'm, I'm not the future seer, but uh, I think it's not too pessimistic to say that it will probably take a little while. Right, that's what I'm thinking. Before it goes over. Um. So, saying the season's kind of wrapped up, you've had uh, obviously a great career. Um. Outside of this game, you're a student? Yes. yes. Um, what are you studying? I'm studying real estate and uh, business, economy, That's those cool. sort of things. Um, are you, 
how deep are you in? Like, uh, what year? I don't think I'm on the last there. year. I'll, oh, I will right. try to graduate this summer. So okay, cool, cool. So, but I, I, this has been a like a, a running occurrence. Like most of the top players in this game are either students or full time Pokemon. You think? I mean, just it just makes a lot of sense because these type of people do have the time to put mm-hmm. into the game, right? Because. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, you have to put in a lot of time being a student as well, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, you do definitely have more free time <laughs> as uh, these type of type of people than you have if you have a full time job, right? Yeah. Okay. Because then, yeah. then your whole day is full, and you're probably tired after work, and you should probably weave in <laughs> other things than grinding when you get home as well. Right. So that's what's up. Is there anything like outside of this game do, that you you do? Do you play sports, something, or is this? Uh, yeah, I do actually. I uh, oh. I do enjoy playing tennis. I haven't been able to play for time, or I guess not. I haven't been able. Haven't haven't done it for some reason. Yeah. I mean, Pokemon uh, does take over people's lives. I play. I, I was really active playing tennis before, but now I want to do that again. So right, I'll I'll probably start up uh, pretty soon. That's what's up, like, because you, like, with the grind of this game, it's it's nonstop. Like, I I talked to someone on my last podcast where we talked about how there's just there's no stop in this game. There's no off season, so like, it's always nice to hear that a player takes a second to go do something else or or whatnot. And I, I'd like to hear your opinion on that, like, because when I talked about worlds, I I personally wish worlds was just about worlds. You know, I wish you would go to Worlds and you're there to see the best players win, you know. But that's not how it is. There, there's people already getting points for the next season and it's like a whole thing. And by the time Henry Brand won Worlds, a month later someone else won a regional and like, who's Henry Brand? And like, that, <laughs> that's what sucks. It sucks. Like, obviously, if you would have won... Like, people would remember that because you have such a, a catalog of, of success. But, like, the I, if you'd asked your average Pokemon player who won Worlds last year, I, I would say they wouldn't know. Because the game just doesn't give you the opportunity to soak that in. Like, oh, he won... But hey, Xander and and Igor just got two hundred points for next year, so like we're we're back on the ground here. Like, yeah, how I, do you feel I, about I, that? I guess I guess that is true. So there are a lot of people playing the game, and a lot of people that want to make a name for themselves, right? So if you want to have the really high status, you have to do something incredible, right? Over and over, over and over, over, and over. And over. Like, winning a tournament is already incredible, right? Mm-hmm. But then you need to do it again, and then again, and then again, and hopefully with not without too much uh, time in between them, right? Yeah. Well, it's just like there's just no time to soak in a victory. Like uh, someone wins next week. There's a new tournament next week. It's like I guess it's well, especially true for your Americans because here in yeah. Europe we, we do kind of have the time to soak it in. That's actually. true. That's true. Because we, we have like one big tournament every two, three months, uh, basically. Yeah. This year we had have, have, have five regionals or something. So that's like one every other month. And then you weave in the internets as well. And uh, that's the season. So it's basically once or every other month, I have to go to a big tournament. I like that. I like that. I actually like that structure. As much as like people like to grind and they want to play as much Pokemon ever, I just feel like for the growth of the game, you need to have these figures like you where people that are playing this game can look at you and go, oh, that's Tord. I want to watch him play. I know him. He's won this much. He's done this. I'm cheering for him to win. And like in the structure we have right now, there just isn't that. It's like Hunter Butler won, and then next week is like, who's Hunter Butler? Because Nico won. And... Oh, next week, uh, Justin Bacardi won. It's like, you got to win, like, three regionals for someone to, to like, really remember who you are. And, like, I... I it depends I'm, so much here as well, though. Like, what, what, what is your end goal? Is it that everyone knows your name? Or is it that you enjoy the game yourself? Or that you're happy yeah. with 
a placement or do you, do you like money? Do you play the game for money? Is that well, the reason? I, I, it's in my in, in this aspect, I'm talking more of like a growth in like the the game in itself because I I really feel a game grows when the fan base grows, and I think the fan base grows when they have something to cheer for and some something to look at and like Pokemon is really hard because the best players don't always get matched up with each other so you don't have that like oh we're gonna get we're gonna see Tord play Azul and we're gonna see that and like this is a rivalry so it's like <laughs> you just you don't have that and then you just and then we just move on and on and it's like no one gets that time to like or hear the story. That that's one of the big reasons I do this podcast because I want to give people the platform so they can watch this and see the player and be like, "Oh, I heard a story and now they now they watch the regional and they have this background of the storytelling of like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that's Justin Bacardi. He did this. He grew up with four brothers and like He's doing well. I want to watch it. And, like, I, we just don't have that in Pokemon. It's hard for growth in something, in my opinion. In traditional sports, like, you see that stuff. And we just don't have that. I can see that. That you want to do, make, like, storylines that people can uh, watch. And, yeah. I think Pokemon makes tried. It, makes the whole thing more interesting, I guess, as a uh, spectator point of view. Yes. But those, like... Yeah. It, as a player point of view, because you like to spectate as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Pokemon tried, because, like, obviously they did a, a spotlight with you. And then they asked you, like, a question where it's, like, who's your rival? And, like, even, like, your answer, obviously, is ha- it's hard to say, because you don't. You're, this game is so hard to have a rival, because... You don't sit here yeah, like and you play can, them. You can play, you can play with the same 50 people at tournaments all year and only face them once, right? Exactly. That's face what, them once. One time. Right? <laughs> That's it. Like, uh, I've been... I don't know if you've watched... Or do you watch, like, uh, Smash Brothers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, Summit? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I've been talking to a few people. I think it would be so cool to take, like... It, invite system of like the top 16 best players put them in an airbnb and run like a gauntlet <laughs> tournament like three-day tournament where you do uh, there's no way that azul and and Tord are not gonna match up like they're gonna the, there's a pull system you're gonna see these great matchups and i think like something like that like obviously our twitch numbers are so low but i think they're low because we don't see these these high key matchups like like people really want to see. I mean, that's a really cool idea. I, 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 I could be in on that. That could it, be fun. Uh, this comes again. It's so hard because there's just no time. Like the season just keeps going. It's like I'm like the only time we could do something like that would be like right after Worlds, before the first region of the year, and that gives you like a month. It's it's hard, but it's something I'm gonna look into doing. Um, We'll see what happens. No promises, but I, I think it'd be I, I think it'd be really fun. I think people would enjoy it, and I think it'd be eye opening to see like the best players play the best players. I mean, it could be really cool. Um, depends if it's a market for it as well, though. I, yeah. I have no clue how big uh, exactly. market. No one knows. Next as well, exactly. So, like Pokemon attendance wise is. <laughs> Like, pretty decent in comparison to the other games, like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic, stuff like that. Yeah. That has a a decent player base, for sure. I agree. Um, But I think the people watching Pokemon are a lot less than other games, right? Yes. Am I correct with that? When you go... Yeah, when you compare it to um, other games. I don't know. Because, like, Magic Balls has a lot of viewers, right? Yes, yes. You have like a big final in Magic. You easily have like twenty hundred k watching. Yes. Yeah, and, like, and you don't you don't you don't see the same numbers for Pokemon. Yeah, no, not even close. Which, but Magic also has the it's like a Premier League where it is the best players. It, it like it's like taking the top sixteen players and putting them all in a league against each other. It's like uh-huh. you're gonna see 
the best players play <laughs> each other. And I'm like, this is how you grow a game. Like, people want to see these matchups. And, like, our tournament system is cool and all, but I don't think it's set up to grow the game. It's just there. Yeah. I, I, I could see Pokemon taking even more inspiration from Magic if they wanted to go that direction and make the game even more competitive. I hope um, so. Because I think Magic is pretty much doing it very well, um, in addition to the players, because the players can actually live off of Magic, oh, because they, they actually get uh, the funds <laughs> they need from uh, the developers themselves, right? So. Yeah. Um, that that would be cool, but I'm not sure if Pokemon even wants to go that no. direction. I think uh, they so. would have. I think they're really pushing BDC right now. Um, yeah, which is it is it's cool, I guess. Like I don't know if you watched the last few regionals where Pokemon has taken over at Dallas and whatever, and it, it's like literally ninety percent BGC, and then like, oh yeah, here's the ending of TCG. <laughs> it's like well, thanks guys. Yeah, and then, I know BGC has. Um, had a crazy bump in uh, years uh, lately. Yeah, uh, for sure. With uh, the release of the new games, a lot yeah. of people have got more into it, yeah. and uh, it hasn't died off yet. So that's that's it's actually good. really cool. Oh, like I'm so. all for it. To be honest, I'm really all for it. We just we just hope it hope it continues. Honestly, right? and we we like TCG does take a little like aftershock from it. Like we get more viewers, more eyes on the game. Um, mm-hmm. They might not stick around, but they might. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, but I mean, it's it's never a bad thing, right? Right. Um, all right, let's let's wrap this up. Um, what's what's your end goal here? Like, are you world champion and walking away, or you're content with what you've done and you're just playing till you're tired of playing? Honestly, I'm already past my end goal. I think okay. I um, said before I already accomplished much more in this game than I ever hoped I could do. And uh, I think it's basically just because I understand what you need to do to win events, but also that what, like what you need to get in terms of luck to win an event as well, right? right. And um, I mean, even if I do everything correct, do everything optimally, I'm still not feeling my odds are better than uh, yeah, I don't know whatever percentage. Anyone? To win, a, to win an event, right? Yeah. Um, so you can never never be sure, no matter what you do. You can just try to do your best, right? And uh feel really blessed that I've gotten where I have. I don't think, like, an, if you run a numbers game on it, I will never win Vaults, right? <laughs> Even though I know a lot of people think I should. It's, but it's it, it, doesn't work, yeah. it doesn't work that way, right? So I will, of course, try, but... Um, it might never happen, but I'm still content with that. I, I'm still happy with right. what I accomplished and where I am right now. And um, yeah, I am having a lot of fun with the game. I have a lot of good friends. Like small kids come up to me and want their autograph on their playmat, and just makes me really happy. Right. right. So basically, no matter what happens, I'm uh, more than content with everything. What's up? Are you? So, are you gonna just continue playing until you just get tired of playing, or once you get into your yeah, career? I, I, no, I guess basically I will I will play the game as long as I have fun with it. Okay. If I, if I stop having fun, I will stop playing the game. To be honest, that's one of the best answers that I think I've ever had on the show. A lot of people Thank are you. like, um, "Yeah, I'm just gonna play forever," or like, "When I'm when I get a career and a family, I'm done." But at the end of the day, when you say you're, you're doing something you enjoy, and you're going to keep doing something you enjoy until you're done, not enjoying it anymore. Uh, I, I yeah, don't, basically. I don't think it, there's a better answer than that. Um, I mean, my, if my life situation changes, if I still enjoy playing the game, I will still play the game. It will just be less or more or whatever it is. Depending on, it is. depending on whatever I have the time to, right? If I still enjoy it, I will still do it. I think that's a great message for like to end this podcast with. I think a lot of people think they grow up and they got to stop doing it because they're an adult. But you know, at the end of the day, I mean, obviously you might have obligations that you you can't play anymore or whatever. But if you enjoy yeah. something, 
keep playing. Keep having fun. This game, it's fun. This is why we're all here, guys. We're here because the game is fun. And we are, definitely. Just have fun. If you never win, you never win. And like, Tord over here with three ICs, top four of worlds. He's obviously he's content with what he's got. Doesn't think he'll win worlds ever. But you know what? He's having fun, guys. <coughs> yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. I mean, even if I had less accomplishments as well, I'd still be happy because right. I had so much fun over uh, the few years. Even though that sounds really cliche, I I remember so many games I had that were just so nail-biters and I had a lot of fun like trying to navigate those and like seeing my opponent's face and yeah, everything. That's dope. dope. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, Where can uh, everyone find you? Like on social media and uh, stuff? Social media, I mainly use uh, Twitter nowadays. So you can find me at my name, at TorDirectLab on Twitter. Twitter. I have it down below for sure. Um, all right, perfect. All right, that's good. Uh, any uh, shout outs, sponsors, stuff like that you want to plug? Uh, shout out <laughs> my sponsor, Teammate with Planet, and shout out Limitless, all my friends there, and my friends and family, everyone in Norway, and everyone messaging me and uh, coming up to me at events. I, I really appreciate all of you. Dope. So I just want to say thank you and. Uh, I will I will continue playing yeah, as long as I enjoy the game and as should all of you I hope. Awesome guys. Well, you heard it from the champ guys, um, but we're gonna scoop it up. Oh, oh, oh.